Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. My name is Param, and today we have my man, AK. He is a podcast host. He is a university student in the United Kingdom. And today we're going to be talking about how my man, AK, overcame anxiety, the steps he took towards it, and kind of his path forward. So I'm really excited for this because me and AK met online on Reddit on a podcasting (laughs) forum. And uh, after about, I think, a year or so, this is our first time actually meeting. So I think it's pretty cool. So with that said, AK, I'll give you the reins to fill in the intro however you'd like, and we'll get started, my man. Thank you. Thank you very much. As Paham introduced me, I'm AK. I'm from the UK. Yeah, that kind of rhymes. Um, I'm a university student, and yeah, the thing I want to speak about today is how I I don't really want to use the word overcame because I still deal with it, but how I managed to combat anxiety each day and how you know there's no short path to victory but how every day gets a lot easier and you know just like you I'm really excited about this one as well because yeah it's been well over a year since we both met and we've not actually had like we've not actually heard each other's voices speaking to each other well we've both got podcasts so we clearly have heard each other's voices but you know I mean (laughs) it's just nice to finally meet you in i was gonna say in person but (laughs) (laughs) this is a covid in person as we can get eh? Mm it all the time so i guess let's uh let's bring it back to the reins i want to hear about the first time you actually learned you had anxiety and how did that happen and you know how did you go about saying it was anxiety rather than stress because i feel like a lot of people have anxiety without actually knowing about it so i think that would be a pretty cool thing to start off with well, um, I guess, I guess it probably started at the age of thirteen or fourteen. Um, usually, when I was younger, I used to distance myself from believing I had emotions. Like I just thought, okay, I'm like a robot. I'm just gonna get through this. You know what I mean? I just used to put my head down and go through each day. But then, when you get to around the ages of thirteen and fourteen, that's when you start to that's when you start to think about who am I as a person and what am I going to be? You know what I mean? And those years are essential for every person in terms of self-discovery. And at that time, that's when I started to, you know, unravel a bit of the layers within myself. And then once I started to do, do that, once I started to look within myself a bit deeper, looking at who I was, I started to I started to feel scared, if you know what I mean. I used to consider myself quite confident beforehand in doing things. But then I started to think more about the things I'm doing. For example, I used to be really good at public speaking. I am good at public speaking again now. But for that time period, I started to doubt myself. I started to overthink everything. I think that's pretty much what anxiety really was for me. You know, overthinking every step I was about to take. 
Wow. Okay. So it was the overthinking aspect of it. And you're kind of mentioning, I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but once you started kind of digging into this, it kind of scared you. So how did that feel? And how did you, um, I guess, go through that? Because I feel like a lot of people that have, uh, you know, are trying to go within, they, they're like, oh, God damn, that's a closet that I did not want to open. So how did you go through that journey? And do you mind just explaining a little bit more? Honestly, you hit the rail. Uh, you, sorry, you hit. See, <laughs> I stumbled my words quite a bit. That's okay. Um, Keep going. You hit the nail perfectly on the head. You know, when you just like open that closet and you're like, oh my God, where am I? And that's exactly how it felt. It was like, oh God, do I have to, do I have to deal with this stuff every day? Is this just going to be what my life is going to be like from now on? Is that how, you know, is that how I'm going to end up living? And then the idea of living with anxiety that side to scare me more than the actual idea of having anxiety so you know we're both fans of a certain book the subtle art of something by mark manson mark manson um not really going to say the name because i don't really want to curse but it's a great book and one of the early chapters of his novel goes over the fact of how sometimes when we're when we're, th- when we're overthinking, we start to overthink about overthinking, if you know what I mean. It's like you develop a new layer of thought on top of that. And the way I see anxiety is just it's like a tower of those levels just building on top of each other. And every time you think about one level, you become aware of the next level and you just it becomes a very, very scary process because the higher There's the tower no gets. Yeah, yeah, precisely. There's like no end. And the higher the tower gets, the less you are to want to get help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So assuming that you're climbing this tower of anxiety, always diagnosing one problem leads to another problem leads to a myriad of others. How did you stop this tower from going up and up and up before the Jenga tower? eventually collapses i'm interested in that because i think a lot of people are going through this i think one thing that um a lot of people don't realize is that that tower will definitely collapse no matter what that tower for me it collapsed multiple times where i just have a period of time where i just be like oh god this feels terrible as i tell myself life feels terrible you know what I mean? It used to just have such a large array of negative thoughts that are just being fed back into your own head. But after the first few times the tower, you know, breaks, that's when that's when you start to think, okay, I've had this period like I've had this negativity for such a long, long time in my life. But that doesn't mean it has to be a part of me. You have to, for me, I just had to realize something that anxiety isn't a part of me. It's not a characteristic of me. It's just something that I have. It's separate to me, but it's with me. But it's not something that builds up the fundamentals of who I am as a person. And once I started to realize that, I started to become aware in 
a good way about my anxiety. And, you know, a lot of it leads to a lack of confidence. So the first thing, the very first thing I needed to do was I need to look at who I was, look at myself with the anxiety, with all the negative aspects as well, no matter how, no matter how rough it looked, you know what I mean? How raw it looked. You just have to, you need to accept those parts of yourself and you need to take a good look and then you need to look at what's actually a part of you and what isn't a part of you. And the negative aspects of a person are never part of them. It's just things that are with them, but not actually parts of them. You know what I mean? So once you start to do that, once you start to isolate the problem, you can start to think, okay, let's take steps. Let's take some steps to try and deal with this problem. Mm -hmm. And you've isolated the problem. Anxiety happens to be it. What are the steps you took to go away? Uh, sorry, to rid yourself or not rid yourself because you said you're still battling with it and it's something that is a battle. But to just combat it, to bring it to awareness, did you journal? Uh, were you using meditation? I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear about this. And I think a lot of others are too. Well, it's really interesting you brought up that fact about the journal because I've got this journal with me that I've had for quite a number of years. And let's see my first entry. So I've had it for like three or four years one of my entries is um, the 1st of March 2020 at 1.20 a.m. And I was just talking about how stressful my day was, how annoying my day was, how unproductive it was, how terrible I felt. And I don't really want to go into it that much because I think, sure. I think the most important part about having a journal is that it's specific to you. So, you know, when you overcome a battle it feels a lot better if you do it yourself without, without, not without seeking help, because obviously sometimes you need to seek help. A lot of the time you need to seek help, but the way you journal it, the way you have your perspective on it, if you keep it to yourself, that shows, that shows that you have strength. It's like a reminder because I was just speaking so much negative stuff about me on that day. And then if I just, go on to um, somewhere later on uh, 1st November 2021 it's just me addressing all of those negative thoughts I had back then with powerful words you know what I mean like just positive affirmations telling myself how good I am and telling myself that okay I might not be at the end of the journey yet but I'm I'm in a good direction for being on that journey. Journaling is something that's really, really useful. And like a lot of people don't realize that until, until they do that. You know, one of my mentors said this to me saying that he told me to keep a journal and he said, you're going to keep a journal because on your good days, you can write down why you feel good so that when you're having a bad day, you can remember what it feels like to feel good. But you mm. should also write down your bad days because when you have a bad day, it feels like it's the end of the world. But it's not because you move on to the next day. So next time you have a bad day, you look back to a previous bad day you had where it felt like the end of the world. And then you give yourself strength because you realize you went through that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's powerful. And I guess a couple of questions with this. So I really appreciate the fact of the good days and the bad days and how both of those are important during times of stress, because from the good days, like you mentioned, you know, we're seeing that, hey, you know, this is how it feels to be good. And I think one of the important parts is that, you know, some people maybe don't express experience the lows of the lows, but I have, and I'm not sure if I can speak for you, my man, but uh, it's hard for you to actually <laughs> feel good. Like you don't feel good. It's like you have an inability to feel that you don't know how to feel. And I feel like your brain's like feeling good off um and it's just impossible but i think that notion of you know looking through the journal and seeing and reading your journal because you're writing from your own words and your own experience and i feel like that is a ability for you to snap back into a good mood or at least escape temporarily from that destructive mindset of a very bad day so i really like that and also the fact of you know you've overcome a bad day like that before and i think that's very powerful and that hits perse the perseverance but I'm wondering with regards to journaling, did you like, was it very easy for you to keep it going? Was it hard? Was it a gradual thing that eventually turned into a daily thing? How did you manage that? Well, I didn't necessarily, um, once, sorry, once again, you've made some amazing points and the way you said about, you know, where you just have that thing turning off in your head about being able to feel good that's something that personally I resonate with and you know I think a lot of people resonate with because that's that's how it feels it just feels like you've lost that ability and in terms of the journaling you see I personally didn't journal every day but I did look at myself in the mirror every day telling myself you know just telling myself speaking to myself essentially because that's one thing that that's another thing that probably helped me with my anxiety you know just just having a conversation with yourself looking into the mirror because that's something that's really scary to do once you start to do it looking at yourself in the mirror in the eyes and telling yourself the truth what do you mean then by that well um sorry i'm going off on a tangent here no, i'll come no, back to the journey okay. don't worry that's um, okay tangents are good <laughs> yeah yeah that's true um so, have you seen the movie Creed? I have not, but explain it because I feel like I'm not the only one okay. here. Okay. Who's listening, hopefully. So it's a <laughs> it's a continuation of the Rocky Balboa movies. So it's basically based around boxing. So there's one scene where the main character, he's being trained by Rocky Balboa, who is essentially a world famous boxer who's in who's a lot older now, so he's retired. And he's training him. So he takes him to a gym and he puts him against the mirror. So you know how gyms all have like mirrors at the back for people who are doing weights. He makes him stand facing there and he tells him to get his form. And he says, look, no matter how many times you step into that ring, your biggest opponent is always going to be the one you're looking at in the mirror right now. Wow. It's, it's the idea of, you know, you know, we've all heard the saying, you're the only person that's holding yourself back. But it's also the fact that you're the only person that needs to push yourself forward. You know what I mean? So when you have that raw and brutal conversation with yourself in the mirror, other people might think you're crazy, but 
<laughs> I did at first as well, I can't lie. Oh man, I feel that. Yeah. But it's just doing that is it feels scary because then you start to realize this is the person I'm looking back at, and that person is me. You start to stop seeing yourself the way you see yourself right now, where you're looking through your own eyes, you're looking at yourself from someone else's eyes, but that other person knows everything about you. It's like the most complete look you can ever have to yourself. Right. And what are some of these real conversations that you speak to about yourself? Would you mind sharing one? Like, is it like, I'm feeling very anxious today and I need to do something or anything that you'd be willing to share? And yeah. we can skip yeah. it if you want. Yeah, no worries. No, I feel like if I'm on here, I should share as much as I can, you know, it's only going to be beneficial to everyone. So, oh, I got to think some of the, some of the best conversations I've had to myself are after a day where um, where either I feel very unproductive or it's a day where I feel like I'm pitying myself. And on an unproductive day, I look at myself and I think, okay, today might not have been the best day, but there's always tomorrow. You've You've done a lot of productive stuff in the past. You've done a lot of good work in the past. Just because you had one bad day doesn't mean that every day is going to be like that. And on a day where I feel like pitying myself and, okay, it's it's very easy to sl slip up. Me and you were having a conversation about this the other day about how self-pity is something that's really, okay, maybe in the time it feels like it's useful, but at the end of the day, it's just destroying yourself. So when I feel like I'm giving myself self-pity, I look in the mirror and I tell myself, you have no right to say that to yourself. And I just give myself a reminder of all the reasons of why I keep going. And I tell myself why I... Sorry, oh, I just dropped my journal on me. <laughs> yeah, That's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I tell myself, okay, stop. Because you're better than this. You don't have the right to go to a level that low for yourself. I remind myself that I have set myself high standards. And whilst I'm saying this, I really don't want anyone listening to think that I'm saying this to you because this is a conversation that I had with myself. This is something that works for myself. If you say it to yourself, it might work, it might not. But it's something that the listener, so, you know, your audience, actually, I should phrase it to you because... When I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you and the audience. I'm getting off topic. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. After you, sorry. After you. No, no, no. No, no, you go ahead. This yeah. is your stage, my man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's like a moment for you to do something that's completely personal to you. You know, if you look online for, let's say, if I looked online for methods to um, ease anxiety, I'd find loads of methods and show some of them would work, but some of them might not, you know what I mean? A lot of the stuff there might, and this is a very big might, might be useless to me because I can't rely on, I can't rely on someone else pulling me out when I need to essentially swim for myself. And, and that's an interesting point about anxiety, but I'd reckon even more mental health issues 
the self-reliance aspect is a pretty powerful thing that you're you've just been mentioning. And I think in my own life too, the times where I feel a lot of self-pity, the times where I just feel like life's unfair. After I did a little bit of my own thinking, talking to myself in the mirror, uh, even talking with some friends on this issue, you being included in that, I've realized that it's just not a good look. And in addition to that, it's like, you kind of, I think one of the reasons that these kind of symptoms come up because you feel like you're not capable to handle the day. And it's like, okay, I'm feeling like this. Why? Okay. It's maybe because I don't have the skill to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. How do I learn that? Look through the steps like you were mentioning earlier, figure out the points, set a goal, and then figure out every single step in between. Check each box as you go. And then before you know, you learn that skill. From that, you get confidence. From that, in my opinion, and let me know what you think about this, but I think it decreases some of these symptoms. And I think a lot of people have uh, mental health issues, but they may just not have the ability to uh, understand that they do because, you know, anxiety can come through in myriad of ways. And it's hard to actually know that you're anxious, but even depression, things, anything really. So I'm just wondering, do you think that's kind of the case where self-reliance improves your ability to handle these situations? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you've once again hit the nail on the head. Uh, I just want to show you, like, I just want to prove to the audience why I think that. So, look, we got this. I'm showing you a blank piece of paper, right? Mm -hmm. Completely blank. Yep. Now, on here, um, we've got a pen. I can draw something. I can either draw an X or a zero. Now, I can say to you, for example, I've drawn an X, but you don't know that, do you? Because That's you can't true. see an X. Like, I'm showing you the other side. You can't see anything on the other side. You don't have any proof to do that. But if I get this up here and say, look, I've drawn an X. Yep. Now you've got proof. Now you're thinking, okay, that's trustworthy. So the next time, if I'm saying to you, okay, I'm drawing an X, you're a lot more inclined to believe me. So here, I've drawn another X. There you go. Now, similarly, when you overcome stuff, once you start to develop a lot more confidence... That's like building trust in yourself. You know how we went back to the mirror stuff, looking at yourself as another person. You start to trust yourself as a person more. And if you trust yourself more, that's become a lot more loyal to yourself. You know what I mean? Then you start to think, okay, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this to improve myself. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think it's, it does a couple of things. So once you begin to trust yourself, I feel like you treat yourself with more respect and you also take care of yourself a bit more. You know, maybe you go to the gym more often, maybe you sleep better, you avoid, you know, lots of nights out to focus on your goals and stuff. And I think that just feeds back into this cycle, which is really nice. Now, I think this is a pretty good point. I think the self-reliance piece is finished and feel free to add on to this if you'd like, but I'd like to shift our gears back to other methods that you dealt with and improved your ability to, I guess, combat anxiety. Because right now we have self-reliance and improving yourself. We have journaling. And I'm wondering if there's anything else that you've done personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the one that's probably helped me the most throughout it all has to be just throwing yourself into a very alien kind of position you know personally um i think you can probably tell from this interview i am te a terrible 
speaker when I don't have my stuff planned. <laughs> I stumble a lot. I stutter a lot. I'm sorry. And... I'm, I'm, before I let you continue, man, you're doing great and you oh, have a booming you. voice and it's it's fantastic, man. So don't say that about yourself, okay? Thank you. Because that's a lie. Thank you very much. Touching the heart. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, before it used to be a lot worse. Like, I didn't know how to handle the uh, speaking and listening. You see, um, personally, not a lot of people know this about me, but I have a listening disorder. So I have some hearing aids that I use to hear, and I only got them like two weeks ago. Apparently, I needed them my entire life, but I didn't get them out properly. So I've never really understood, like, speech that well if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i didn't really know that back then but i thought okay okay this is a completely alien area of interest to me you know what i mean something i knew absolutely nothing about so i thought okay let's try something let's start a podcast (laughs) and um i had zero experience in podcasting I did have a bit of experience in video editing, but that can only help with the editing. And otherwise, I knew all the stuff about how to run a podcast, except for the speaking. And I started off with a with a 35-minute episode of me just essentially speaking about my worries, my anxieties, and everything that was going wrong in my life. And I didn't like how that turned out. It felt too whiny for myself. So I thought, okay, let's try and get guests on. And then that idea evolved to me essentially doing a show with co-hosts. But um, my co-hosts would realize that, um, and I'm not saying anything negative about them because I have a lot of respect for them. They're, so, they're like really close friends of mine. But you know how people have different interests. Um, my idea for the podcast was to make it a lot more a lot more productive, a lot more professional and stuff, but they wanted to keep it more of like something between us, which is something that's really good, you know what I mean? But that wasn't my idea for it. And they they recognized that I had a spark for it. Like they recognized that I had some passion for it deep down, just speaking. And I thought, you know what? We respect you, we love you, but we think you should pursue this on your own and we'll all be here to support you. You know what I mean? So that was another thing that was freeing for me. So I thought, you know what? Let's try just doing interviews so i tried doing an interview i recorded like three or four but none of them really sounded like something i wanted to do you know what i mean i sounded too what do you mean by that uh so essentially i thought my idea for when i started the podcast was for someone to speak honestly about mental health and all sorts and i was on there and i was essentially making it seem like a game show and then when i started to listen back on them i used to think no this isn't and Absolutely no disrespect to anyone who, you know, runs game shows or whatever. I think they're amazing, but that wasn't what my goal was at the start. You know what I mean? My Mm. goal was to provide a bit more insight to mental health by someone speaking by just creating more safety for people to come out and speak by. And, you know, that's extremely, extremely naive. I know it's naive and I don't care because that's still going to be my mission statement. You know what I mean? But uh, sorry, I went off on another tangent. Nope, you're okay. Yeah, but and then I had a sleepless night. I was struggling a lot with my sleep back then. And I thought, okay, let's go. I got up at 5 a.m., sat down, and just recording myself speak for half an hour. Wow. Recording myself, talk about what's been going on, and 
I wasn't whining about it like how I was earlier. This time I was saying, this is all going on and I've accepted it by moving on. And I hope you guys can move on as well from whatever issues you're experiencing. Absolutely. And that's powerful. So there's a couple of elements we need to hit there. First of all, you're just like, okay, speaking a little bit of challenge for me right now. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to jump right into it as much <laughs> yeah, as yeah. I can. So that's that's freaking awesome, man. And, uh, you know, that's kind of something that I really appreciate because in my life, if something's ever a challenge for me, my first gut instinct is like jump into it. You know, like, okay, I don't like uh, cold water, cold shower every day. Like, and you know what? I think when you do that, it's just like you're beating these fears. You're beating these. And I think that might have actually done something because I think, you know, these thoughts that come in when you have an anxious mind, you know, it's saying like, oh, you'll never be good enough or oh, you'll never have any of this. But then when you do it and then you're like, okay, I still did it. And then you journal on it and you're having you're kind of creating that feedback loop to yourself that, you know, maybe these thoughts are wrong. And I think maybe coupling this experience to the journal, to the reflection, talking to yourself in the head, it could have had a powerful impact. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I guess the second point was with regards to, you know, like you were feeling that the podcast initially wasn't what you wanted it to be, but then after you reflected on it and you improved yourself. So do you want to talk about a bit of that and how that coupled with, you know, your mission to combat the anxiety I guess, work synergistically to improve your podcast and yourself. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the podcast called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Um, I haven't. Explain it briefly, though. He's like an actor. He played Lex Luthor on Smallville for seven or eight years. Okay. Um, I used to watch that growing up. And he started a podcast, which would basically be him speaking to all the friends he's made in the industry and I thought it'd be a podcast based around, you know, people talking about film, television, that kind of industry. But it was just him speaking to people saying, okay, I understand we are of similar careers, but let's just talk about how it made you feel as a person. Hmm. So his, um, he talks about how it was working on a show for seven years and having to shave his head bald for every single one of them and how how he didn't really like that if you know what i mean he hmm. spoke about how it was like feeling of pressure for it and how you know sometimes he'd feel anxious about it and he spoke about like he had one really good episode with um steven amell who played the green arrow on the tv show arrow mm-hmm. for quite a few years so he had him on there and um they actually had to take a break in the episode because steven amell started crying during it saying I'm scared about what I'm going to do with my life. Wow. After I'm finished with the show, because it's been a big part of my life for the last eight years. So it's just, he was providing a space for people to be open, for people to speak. And right now, people don't have the chance to speak. And I wanted to give people the platform to speak. And I thought that, even if they're not on the episode speaking with me, maybe if they can listen to me speak, it can inspire them to speak. So I thought, okay, let's do that. And it took a good four months for me to actually start the podcast. A lot of of plans being thrown 
away a lot of ideas and stuff. And every so often when I felt like my podcast was going stale, I thought, okay, let's experiment with a new idea. Let's try something else. So the latest new idea that I thought of, one very ambitious idea that I was very proud of how it turned out was I had this idea called C... Sorry, see, I've stumbled again. No, I had this good. idea about an episode called Seasonal Affective Disorder or SAD, which is essentially people who experience a low mood or a form of depression in the winter months of the year. And I thought, okay, I might feel like that, but not just me, a lot of other people might feel like that. So I thought, mm. okay, what if we gave, what if I gave as many people as I could a 30 second to a two minute block for them to speak about how it makes them feel or maybe they don't suffer from it, how they support other people who suffer from it, just speaking about it, just speaking out. And in there, I got a total of 20 different people. So that episode's just like loads of different tapes of people speaking and it's all anonymous. And you know what? That episode is probably the episode I'm proud of the most because I speak in there for like two minutes in total but it still shows the creative process of what I had in mind and that's a perfect representation of my mission statement you know what I mean so I think I've gone off topic from the initial question uh no that's okay no. so I was kind of just wondering on how your vision progressed after mm. you've you know didn't like what everything was coming up to with your original podcast. So you stayed on topic. Um, but it's interesting here because there's a couple of points you mentioned again. And the fact about, you know, there's an issue, for example, this SAD, seasonal affective disorder, mm -hmm. that you wanted to talk about and speak about to bring these conversations forward, which was nice because you're there's two elements to it. One is the very exclusive seasonal affective disorder. The second is just these sort of conversations that are a lot more personal, not as talked about. I mean, I think if you go through the masses of people and you just record a snippet of their conversation, probably going to be something about uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West right now, you know, pop culture, Game of Thrones. I'm not sure if that's still a thing. I still have to watch that. I haven't watched that. I've watched one episode. It was pretty solid. I've got to get on the bandwagon. But, you know, it's like these sort of conversations don't happen. And I think so many people experience these issues. So you're doing a big thing by talking about these sort of things. And, you know, us talking about anxiety and how to deal with it. You know, that's huge. One person can hear this talk and say, wow, you know, I felt this kind of way myself. And, you know, AK has been uh, spinning some fire for these tips. Maybe I'll try some journaling and, you know, maybe I'll start a blog because I thought my writing was weak and I always second guessed myself. So it's incredible. And, you know, it's one of these things that are important to note. It's like you're not only impacting one person. Let's say one person, the guy who was just mentioning, listen to you, start his own blog. That blog is going to impact more people too. It's a network effect with whatever we do, whatever conversation we do, whatever, whatever actions we take have more than one person. And that's the beauty of life. And I think it's really empowering and awesome to hear that, uh, you know, your goals are aligning in the direction that you want and you're able to make an impact in so many unique ways so, yeah, sorry, that was just like a no, myriad of compliments on your way, man, to get that confidence. Thank you. 
Yeah, man. So I guess let's go back to figuring out other ways. So right now, again, we have the journaling, we have the talking to ourselves in the mirrors, we have doing things that put us out of our comfort zone, and realizing that we are able to reflect on it and make these changes. What else have you been doing? So I guess one other piece is, uh, we we're talking about this off air. So hopefully you don't mind me bringing this in. But even yeah, no showing, up, showing up on this podcast, and speaking about this was something that was, uh, I guess, part of this journey for you. Do you want to speak on that? And how, how, how are you feeling right now, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, that's actually something I want to touch on. You see, um, the thing about anxiety, and you know, I said at the start saying that I don't think it's something you really overcome. It's something that you learn to deal with. You know, right now, I guess I am feeling quite anxious. I guess it's probably why I am stumbling with everything I'm saying. And... I could have said to you, like, I could have sent you, like, a message 20 minutes beforehand saying, hey, Pam, I'm feeling anxious. I can't do this. You know what I mean? I could have sent that. But um, I thought, no, because I'm going to test myself. I'm going to push myself to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're always going to feel anxious. It's like, it's a constant battle because either you win or the anxiety wins. And Wow. Today, I won. Right now, I won. But if I lost this, you know, it comes back to the whole proof idea, you know, with the X's. I've just given myself proof. I've given, like, a score to myself. Sorry, no. I've given a score to the anxiety rather than myself. Right now, I've given myself the score. So if if I write down on this post-it note... Sorry, I like to use post-it notes a lot. No, that's fantastic. It's you versus the anxiety. Yeah, exactly. So right now, I've given myself one tick. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, can you see that? I've given myself one tick. There you go. So that means I'm one nil up on anxiety. That means I'm beating anxiety. That means I'm rooting for anxiety. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is something that you absolutely do not know because um, I've not told you this. But um, when I first started listening to your podcast... Um, I actually started note-taking on how you used to interview because, um, you know, personally, I, I think I suck at interviews quite badly. Uh, I need to plan them out a lot beforehand. So I look at how you structure your episodes, how you can how you can stay on topic but also allow tangents, how you can have plans but also be flexible. And essentially, the most important thing that I found in a lot of your episodes is that how you make your guests feel as comfortable as possible and how you you don't put any pressure on them to speak but you do encourage them to speak that's something i find really you know amazing and that's something that i'm trying to be like you know what i mean wow thanks so much that that is a compliment my man <laughs> i mean uh, what's called cool? i don't think i have any i don't think i have any more but um when i used to listen to um your podcast I used to open on spotify on my laptop and i used to open a text file <laughs> and i used to like take notes of things they've done i'd be like hmm Okay, intro, yep. Um, spoken to guest, yep, check. And I just used to do like a checklist of things that, you know, were really good about it. You know what I mean? My ego meter is feeling up. Feeling <laughs> up. <laughs> That's good, man. Wow, well, thank you so much for that. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, I just wanted to speak a little bit about the point you mentioned earlier with regards to the fact that you actually came on. So 
I'm really happy you did, man. And, you know, it's not only the, just the one nil score that you mentioned. There was actually a recent, I don't know if it was a recent study, but it was a study while I was taking an education class. And essentially, the professor was talking to us about this, how, you know, a lot of kids, you know, they get their parents to sign off on a form that they can't make it to a speech because they're sick. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I've done that before. And uh, (laughs) I think everyone has, you know, and, you know, when you're a kid, (laughs) it just seems like the best way to get out of it rather than presenting. But the interesting point is the study actually rated the students who went to it versus the students who like, you know, used uh, that anxiety and left. And I'm paraphrasing here and some of the words may be wrong, but the premise is the same. And that is to say that individuals who did that and got a fake note to skip reported higher measures of anxiety before their next performance where they had to give either a test or a, you know speech on a certain topic. And it's very interesting because it's a compounding effect, it's a snowball effect, right? So it's not only that just one nil, it's not like, let's get you get 10 points and then one fail. It's a compounding exponential effect. I'm not sure if you heard about compound interest, have you? Yeah. So in finance, compound interest is just a way that people kind of measure their money. They say it's 8% every single year, but it's 8% on the 8% of the previous year too. So it's it's really going up. So it starts as a very small line going uh, long or linearly, and then slowly but surely turns exponential and it turns up to a curve. And then the money is just coming in. And similarly, I think in life, whenever we have challenges and battles, whenever we persevere, it's similar to a network effect that keeps going on and on in ways that we can't see a compounding effect that affects many phases of our life that helps us get that advantage in so many different sectors. So it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm very happy that you came on here because it's not just one nil, man. This is one adding to the tally of you doing and combating this. So your exponential growth curve is increasing. So that's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I guess, do you have any comments on that? Or should we switch topics or? No, I think that's, you know, that's 100% true. It's like, it's like you're spitting just facts today. It's like, oh, I woke up and decided to spit facts. <laughs> it's my coffee, man. My coffee is printing the facts in. I tried making a mocha today. Didn't oh, did, did you? Why? Because I did not make a mocha. <laughs> well, that'll do it, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll reflect and then we'll figure out the steps forward so we can make it yeah. perfect. That's, That's good. my next goal, to learn how to make a mocha. Oh, there you go, my man. I mean, hey, man, you're probably going to hate me after this, but I have uh, instant coffee. You know what? I have instant coffee. Okay. I found, okay. I think everyone's going to unsubscribe from both of us at this point. (laughs) But you know what I'll say, man? Nescafe Gold, money. It tastes exactly the same as regular coffee. It's like a hundredth of the price, and it's so much easier to make. Uh, You're going to hate me now because um, I don't even go for Nescafe. I go for the local (laughs) off-brand gold. Uh, Okay. I think we're going to... Okay, I think we're going to end this interview right here. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. I have a friend that uh, loves, um, he has a mocha pot, so he is properly into his coffee. It's like, okay. some, I'll go into the kitchen and he's making a coffee and he's using his mocha pot. And I'm just there. I get my I get my coffee pot. Well, no, I get my coffee jar, pour some in. I don't even use a spoon at this point. I pour some in, I'm pouring some water, instant coffee done. He just looks at me with such disgust. <laughs> you know what? I think the people that do these specialty coffees on the regular, like they have a very, um, 
they have a certain way of looking at it, right? And I think it's similar. I think anyone who's uh, nuanced in a certain field, for example, us as podcasters, mm. our ability to recognize good audio versus bad audio is very distinct compared to the lay population and similar for individuals who are just in love with coffee. They know good coffee from bad coffee, whereas for me, you could pour me anything. I'd be like, okay, caffeine, let's go. Um, yeah, okay, let's steer, let's steer it back. That was a fun tangent, but let's steer it back. So right now we... Or I feel like that's kind of the main steps. Is that would you reckon that's correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. You know, all those steps that I stated, those were all the ones that truly helped me. And the thing that people also need to know is that um, it won't work every time. It might not work for you every time you attempt something. You know, what I mean, people what do you mean see, by that? Well, um, you see, people assume that success is like one line up like that you know, just straight. But the truth is success is more like there and you stumble a bit, you go up, stumble a bit, go up. It's more like a step ladder than a straight line. You know what I mean? It's just because you've fallen a few times doesn't mean you're going to fall every time. Just because you have a bad day, because personally, I still have bad days. Some days I wake up and I don't feel like getting out of bed. Some days it's that bad. But, um, okay, that day, maybe the anxiety beat me, but I just know that the next day I'm going to beat the anxiety because that's giving me more motivation to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, if we're going to your stepladder analogy, it's like some days will be less, but you're still keeping on the right path. And eventually mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, up into the right of the graph. And for those of us who uh, like math, that kind of just means that we're on the up and up and everything's getting better and better. And those things are important. You know, some days are going to be challenging, but uh, eventually it'll pay off. And I think it's it's think, looking at the trends, right? You can't look at something and just say, you know, one day is great. So everything is going to be fantastic. But looking at the progression is something that's important. And I think that's one thing that I really appreciated about the gym, because when I'm not sure if you uh, have a fitness routine yourself. I, I do some martial arts myself. Martial arts. Okay, good man. So I'm not sure if this can fit in exactly, but maybe you can uh, fill me in after I finish. So with regards to the weightlifting, you know, you can track the weights you're using, you can track the sets, the amount of times that you um, perform an exercise, the repetitions you use, and you can find that, you know, exactly like you said, you'll go up, but some days you'll go down and then you'll go up and some days you'll go. Down, and then some days you might just crash altogether because you have an injury, but eventually you'll still get higher and higher as long as you continue this. So I think the point of making it a habit to go and do this eventually pays off and you may not see it initially because again i think there's an exponential kind of thing but uh it's important to go about it and would you reckon that karate or sorry you said martial arts so i'm not going to assume yeah. karate yeah. but uh would you reckon that's the same sort of thing with uh, martial arts yeah yeah absolutely you know some days you have a good day where you can perform every move really well but some days you just can't do it you know what i mean it's like um what's the best way to put it life's very extraneous life a lot of life a lot of things around you like let's just say i'm looking out a window there i can see the weather i can see it's being really windy i can okay it's not raining that's quite nice it's actually quite sunny <laughs> can't lie but um you know there are things that in life you simply can't control you can't control the fact that if um let's say you go out and it starts raining and you're you know it rains and 
it goes through your shoes into your socks and you just have a wet feet for the rest of the day. You can't control that. You're going to have things in life that are just going to, you know, be obstacles. And people, I say people, I'm talking about myself mostly. When I have a very set plan, I, I used to s- submit to the idea that, okay, this is the plan and nothing's going to change it. I didn't account for any of these extraneous variables because let's say if I said to myself, okay, you're going to sleep at 9 p.m., nothing else. But um, let's just say if it was I'm on like the top floor of the building that I am. So if there was a lot of wind, I'd hear it like a car's crashing into my window. <laughs> That's how loud it was. So um, wow. there are just some things in life that you can't control. And for that, you need to be flexible. You know, just like jumping back to the idea of podcasting in general if i'm with an uh if i'm with a guest like how you're with a guest um you don't know everything they're going to say in fact most of the stuff you don't know what they're going to say because you know i can see you like to learn a lot you know what i mean but somehow sure. one thing that i'm going to use you as an example for this please you know <laughs> you know how to jump from topic to topic you know that um I don't know, maybe sometimes you expect someone to go in a certain direction of speech where they go into a different one just because of that expectation, just because it went differently. That doesn't mean you say, okay, goodbye, we're doing a different episode today. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know how to navigate through it. You know how to navigate through something not going as expected. And you know how to salvage everything from it. Hmm. you see where i'm coming from don't you i think i did a terrible job explaining that no no for sure and you know it's like i guess what i got from that is you know sometimes you plan for things to happen in a certain way it doesn't it sucks and then you just have to kind of play with what you have and i think it's an important thing to realize and i'm gonna ask you after this I'll, i'll explain a little bit more but like how you deal with these situations but you know sometimes you get a terrible hand dealt to you and you know for others it could be more than you know someone who's you know just very lucky or very privileged we're not gonna we're not gonna go into the nuances Mm. of that but it is what it is and end of the day try to improve your hand by you know improving yourself if you have certain challenges for mental health try to improve it take the steps to improve yourself if you know you have um i don't know if you want to improve your appearance try to go to the gym more and you know these are things that aren't going to be universal. There are certain conditions that may make it harder for some individuals than uh, one another. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we have an ability to improve ourselves in a certain domain and we're not taking action, I think that's the one thing that is the negative part. Because like I said, some people get very minimal bad hands thrown their way. Some people, I tell you, man, there's a, a myriad of things that go mm-hmm. wrong. But complaining about this won't do anything. And we just need to figure out our, the best way to navigate forward. You can have a plan for five years, but you're going to notice that things happen. For example, uh, maybe a global pandemic will happen and then you'll just have to throw all your plans into the trash can, light it on fire, similar to that dog meme where everything's on fire <laughs> and then they're just sitting on the table. This is fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And just do your best to go forward with that. So I think we'll... Uh, 
turn the knob back to you and I'll get your thoughts on, I guess, if you want to comment on anything I said, but Mm. more specifically on how you deal with challenges that are unexpected and how you cope with that and move forward. Well, as you said, you know, sometimes life just throws you a bad hand and a lot of people get a lot more bad hands than others. And whilst I do think that it's um, important that, uh, that you work past these I also think that, and this isn't like a shot at anyone. Uh, um, I think it's important that uh, people of who have less bad hands realize that people can have more bad hands than them. If you know what I mean, people can have worse situations than the ones they're given. So obviously, um, mm-hmm. where am I going with this? Uh, I know. So personally, I'm of the idea that no problem is unsolvable but that doesn't mean that every problem's easily solvable you know what i mean like sure. let's say if this pen runs out of ink i can just get another pen but let's just say if i um if i lose all my money and have to move to another country or something like that and start my identity again that's now both problems are probably solvable but there's a big big difference between the two of them and Absolutely. whilst i say that i'll say one thing that okay Whatever your bad hands are, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of the bad hands that you're given, uh, they're not always your fault, but sometimes it's also kind of your. I need to be really careful when I say this because I don't really want to sound like someone. It, it's kind of like your responsibility to deal it is with your it. Respons- yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Like, um, I don't want to sound like someone saying that. Okay, everyone should be doing some, the same thing oh I'm, why am i going with this sorry i've completely no nope, that's that's okay um, that's okay I'm, I'm gonna tap in a little bit and add yeah, some stuff thank and you. yeah so you know and that's the thing right it's like you're not responsible for the things that happen to you you know there's people that have grown up without parents there's people that have grown up without a house there are people that have experienced homelessness through I don't know, a myriad of complications that were out of their hand. And it's like, yeah, you know, some of these situations, not fair, not their fault. But how you act in this scenario is definitively up to you. And you could have a stance that, you know, why me, why me? And for all do, you know, like 100% for a couple days a week to go for it, depending on the severity of the situation. But I think if we're stuck into the cycle, it just does us a lot more harm than allowing us to evolve, allowing us to improve and, you know, noticing the error, getting the steps ahead and taking our time to finish it. Because like you said, some things are going to be easier than others. And, you know, with regards to people understanding, I think even having these sort of conversations is important because let me let me uh, mention my own uh, situations a little bit. I don't think I'll have time to dive deep into it. But uh, for me, I, I kind of thought that mental health was kind of just something people talk about. It was never real uh, when I was a kid, when I was in uh, high school. You know, I didn't feel any of these kind of things like anxiety, depression, loneliness, all this. I mean, loneliness, I think everyone gets lonely when they're, you know, kids sometimes. But, you know, like, I think one example is I messaged my buddy. I'm like, hey, man, let's go uh, play basketball. And he's like, I don't feel like I'm like, and in my head, I couldn't comprehend this. I'm like, what do you mean you don't feel like it? Like, come on, let's go. And, you know, it wasn't until university where uh, a lot of I personal life, social life, volunteer work, everything just hit the fan in like a week's time. 
And uh, I fell into a deep transient point of loneliness. And, you know, after that point, it's like these feelings are a lot more normal in my life. And I think I just got like similar to a mirror that gets cracked. And like I see the insides of me now. I think perhaps before it was repressed. But then after that time, it was just enough of a stimulus. And uh, if you're a chemistry nerd like me, activation energy to (laughs) overcome, you know, the chemical changes to allow me to see the side of myself. And I think that um, I guess where I'm trying to come with this is it may be hard for others to understand it fully unless they've gone through it. But I hope that at least through this conversation, there is a little bit of uh, ability to sympathize because I don't think you can fully empathize because you'd need to know what these feelings feel like. And quite honestly, I don't think some people have that. And, you know, that's not a ding on them. It's just how it is. Um, Yeah, so I think... With that, feel free to comment on this. But the question I have now, since we're nearing the one hour mark, is what are your steps forward in terms of continuing to combat um, your anxiety? And after this, we'll kind of go into our closing remarks. So feel free to comment on this or uh, the message I gave right before. So for the future, personally, why I believe is the best thing to do and this is what i've done is just have a clear direction i mean i don't think you can go anywhere if you don't know where you're going you know what i mean you're just gonna be running around mindlessly i don't want to run around mindlessly i don't think anyone should i think you should have i know it doesn't need to be 100 specific right now but you should have a rough idea of the direction you want to go into and start just keep doing the things you're doing and keep proving to yourself that you're a legend essentially <laughs> i love it keep proving to yourself you know use these x's use this scoreboard use everything to tell yourself why you're worth it and tell yourself you're the reason you're doing stuff keep pushing forward and yes i promise you there will be hard days there's no avoiding that but the thing is you can either you can either have a hard day where you're pursuing your dream or you can have a hard day where you're running around mindlessly which one do you rather do you know what i mean wow it's just it's just keeping at it that's what i intend to do and the further you go forward the more the more opportunities tend to present themselves you know what i mean you can only you can only you can only find stuff if you're looking for it most of the time like this is one analogy that I like to think of. Let's say if I wanted to apply for a job at NASA, for example, let's say a billion, I'm one of these 1 billion people that want to apply for a job at NASA. But then only a million of them think, okay, I can actually do this. And only a hundred thousand of them, only a hundred thousand of them actually apply. You know what I mean? Just from that, I've jumped 1 million times more likely to get a job at nasa for example you know what i mean see i'm a maths nerd as well so <laughs> you probably understood that quite well yeah yeah for sure it's like the probability of you achieving your goals become more and more likely the more you start to work on them and that's a fact that's whether you like it or not that's a fact i personally believe that if people put their head to something they can do something about it and whilst I say that, I also want to say that people who are 
people who have less bad hands given to them have responsibility to help those who have to, to help those with with more bad hands presented to them. That's one thing that that's very off topic. <laughs> it's, I kind of shoehorn this into it right at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that I think compassion, having compassion, is one of the most important things in life at any point. So, you know, like one perfect example is like how when you have a guest on, you don't pressure them to speak. You say, okay, if you stumble, that's fine. If you mess up your words, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? You're helping them out. And let's say that's only going to help you in the future. If you're nice to other people, you stop, people stop being nice to you and you stop being nice to yourself. So compassion is something I think's at the top of the list. That's huge, my man. So I think uh, since we've hit the hour mark, what we'll do right now is we'll give you the stage for your one message to the audience. This could be on anything that we discussed so far. It could be something completely unrelated. And after that, I'm going to be asking you for your shout outs. And this is going to include your podcast link and where people can find you like your Instagram. So with that said, what's your one message to the audience, AK? If I had to give one message to the audience, I'd say trust yourself and love yourself because in life, there's never going to be anyone that's going to understand yourself more than you understand yourself. Don't look for people that understand you. Look for people that accept you as you are. Well, not as you are. Accept you the way you're going to be. And focus on yourself more than other people. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you have nothing, even if you don't have like a dollar to your name, you're always going to have yourself. And that's something you need to look out for a lot. That's amazing. So with that said, um, where can people find you? Oh, uh, that's a good question. So, of course, I run a weekly podcast, which is called AK's Podcasts, with an S at the end, because I used to go AK's, I used to go by AK's Podcast, so a lot of my handles have different names. But everything is, everything can be found on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, which are all at A-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S aka's podcast and i might have a special guest on there soon um who is probably a bit familiar to you guys (laughs) not gonna say who yeah i think yeah i think that might be a good uh, hint um awesome okay well we'll link all those in the description of both the video as well as the podcast audio and i guess with that man this was a very powerful episode that had a lot of value actionable steps and i appreciated you coming out of your comfort zone i appreciated all the advice you gave the anecdotes and i think this is going to be very worthwhile for a lot of individuals so thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you absolutely and to the viewers and listeners of the personal process podcast thank you again for joining us on another episode we hope you got as much value and entertainment as we did on our coffee segment (laughs) that was pretty funny but uh yeah we hope that uh if you're new you know you can tell a friend or two subscribe and trust the process and with that we will hit our outro hey everyone i'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. 
And always remember, trust the process.